0: there you are listening to iwg radio the place to be for all of your wellness needs we just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions the lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy Hi everyone, this is jess hickman i'm here with dr nick caruthers and we're going to be talking about Alzheimer's and dementia today. Um, Dr. Nick, almost six million Americans are diagnosed with Alzheimer's and one in ten people over the age of 65 have this diagnosis. Why do you think this is so common?
1: It is crazily common, Jess, and unfortunately it's just getting more and more common. Six um, say in the future it's supposed to be one in six, uh, which is pretty scary. But when you look at Alzheimer's and dementia foundationally, it's really because the brain is inflamed. It's full of inflammation. Um, really, you think of inflammation like a bruise. Um, so it's, it's that the brain uh, really can't fire properly. Fundamentally, the brain is electric, and when there's a lot of inflammation, that causes um, literally dysfunction or lack of communication between the brain and the brain and the body.
0: So where is this inflammation coming from? Like, why is everyone so inflamed?
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> where do we start? Um, really anything that causes uh, a lot of stress to the body uh, causes inflammation so probably the biggest source of inflammation uh, to the body is uh, more biochemically so it comes through toxins um, in our environment but also toxins in our food so when we look at toxins in our environment Uh, you know there's the air we breathe a lot of especially I mean we live in Jersey there's a lot of pollution here but unfortunately there's a lot of pollution uh, everywhere not only in America but in the world Uh, and then you look at other things in our environment so we use a lot of pesticides and herbicides not only on our lawn care uh, but also on our food and then going over to food a lot of our food is toxic and same thing, that we're using a lot of pesticides and herbicides on our crops that we eat, and as we consume that, that creates uh, toxicity in our body, and then you look at even deeper into the food, uh, where there's genetically modified foods, um, and that causes inflammation. A lot of the foods we eat, you know, we call it the SAD diet, the Mm. standard American diet. It is pretty sad. (laughs) Which is really sad, um, is full of our devil white foods. Uh, so we have white sugar, we have white processed bread, and, and we have white milk, um, dairy. All of those things create tons of inf- inflammation, not only in our gut, but also in our brain, uh, especially gluten. Gluten is, has been proven over and over. It doesn't matter if you have a sensitivity to it or not. Gluten 100% causes inflammation to the brain. Um, so getting off of gluten is, is huge to allow the, the brain to honestly take a breath and, uh, and start healing.
0: So other than foods and things like that, what about the stress of like brain injuries?
1: Yep. Uh, brain injuries is huge. And when we think of brain injuries, we typically think of like concussions and concussions are a big deal. And it's starting, uh, because of all the research, uh, from the American uh, football industry, a lot of research is coming out showing that concussions are a lot bigger deal than we thought um and then also because of that there's what's called CTEs which is uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy and those are the brain injuries that we don't really consider a brain injury that's like having a fall off your bike and hitting your head yeah. but you're just like ow that hurt um or falling off a curb or you know playing football not having a typical head injury but anytime you hit your head against something, there's an impact that creates inflammation. Also, we're seeing a lot of problems in soccer. People doing the headers, hitting the soccer ball against their head, and that's creating that abrasion that creates a lot of inflammation. So there's a lot of physical causes that create damage to more of what's known in the brain as their white matter, which creates a lot of dysfunction in the communication, not only from left brain to right brain, but also from the brain to the body. And then you can even look at not only physical, but you can look at emotional stress. And this is a huge one too, because when emotionally when we think certain things, it fires uh, different aspects of our brain and how we interpret information. And if we're overly anxious or we're overly worried all the time, that's going to use what we call like our fast brain waves up a lot more than they should be used to being balanced out. And when those fast brain waves are constantly firing, it uses up a lot more of our energy or glucose. The brain uses glucose uh, for energy. And then uh, what happens is that stresses not only the communication between the brain but also to the body, but then the brain gets fatigued. And when the brain's fatigued, the body is fatigued. Um, literally anything that causes stress to the brain causes stress to the body. Um, so you can't fully heal a body problem that's actually stemming from the brain, which is quite cool I think.
0: So talking about all these stressors, how can we protect our brain?
1: Oh gosh, well, you can kind of go through each one of those categories and you honestly have to. Um, If you want to protect it, you know, physically, don't enter it. Uh, I grew up playing football, I actually had a lot of concussions myself. One of the reasons why I study and know so much about the brain is so that I can hopefully help my heal myself as well as uh, other people looking to increase their brain health. Um, but yeah, I mean, foundationally stay away and prevention is huge. Uh, so unfortunately don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be having those head traumas, whether the the slight traumas or the macro traumas. So not playing football and not playing soccer, unfortunately is a beneficial thing for your brain. I know uh, there's other benefits of being in team sports and things like that, so you got to look at the pros and, uh, and cons uh, with anything in life. But then, you know, if you're riding a bike, always wear a helmet. You know, it's, it's not cool <laughs> to try to look cool um, yeah. when you're risking yourself of, of a brain injury, which at the time might not seem like a big deal, but as that inflammation Increases and compounds with the inflammation from our environment and inflammation from our emotional stress Then all of a sudden we haven't done anything about it for years and that's what leads to getting Alzheimer's and dementia And that's the biggest reason why it's becoming so common because we've had the act of compounding I always make the joke is that we compound the wrong things in life You know, mm-hmm. we should be compounding our money, but we're not we're compounding all our stresses mm-hmm. um, a bad doctor joke there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you want to protect the increase of toxins. So you want to have, you know, a healthy diet full of, uh, if possible, local foods as well as organic and non-GMO and a lot more vegetables, fruits uh, than than meats. Meats are really important. I mean, our brain is 60-65% uh, fat uh, and be able to have the protein and the fat from meat is very vital for brain health, um, but what I found the biggest thing with meats is that A, we overconsume consume meat way too much, um, and B, a lot of the meat that we do consume is just full of toxins, um, toxins, steroids, and pesticides if they're eating um, genetically modified uh, foods, and then trying to, on the emotional side, Um, really be more balanced in life. Uh, A lot of times when we have an emotional stressor, it's because we're perceiving only one side or one view of the actual entirety uh, scenario that's happening. There's a lot of different techniques that you can use to to help balance out your emotional health. And even if not doing that, just taking some time to get outdoors and be connected with nature and taking full breaths and Mm -hmm. seeing the beauty and what Earth really has to offer us.
0: So if we're doing all the right things and we're trying to protect our brain, um, but what are, what are symptoms that we could look for to see if this damage has already happened or if it's just beginning?
1: Um, there's, I would say there's different stages of the symptoms. Um... Like really early on, brain fog is going to be the easiest one because when there's brain fog, there's inflammation in the brain. We tend to think it's normal for us not to remember where we put our keys or to not remember somebody's name. But that's not really true, honestly, just because maybe the majority of people may be acting or thinking like that doesn't mean it's actually a typical normal response for the human body. We should be cognitive, uh, pretty aware of most things. So brain fog is a huge one. and Probably the second biggest one is gut health. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, the gut-brain connection is huge. Somewhere between 80 and 90% of serotonin, the feel-good hormone, mm-hmm. uh, is actually made in your gut That's used that the brain uses. Um, so if you have any bloating or digestive issues, stool problems, like if you have any gut issues, that's going to effectively create inflammation in the brain. Uh, and then neurological you know you go through um kind of back to i guess the the physical injuries and from the physical injuries you know you can have paralysis and you can have not only necessarily even a brain injury but you can have an injury to your to your spine or to your body um, because all that information goes up and affects the brain one like why exercise is so important for the brain um, is because Really, movement uh, in the form of proprioception, it's like your body's awareness in space, is one of the best, what I call, nutrients for your brain, because anytime your body has to really decide where it's at in space, it's firing more parts of your brain, mm-hmm. and the brains literally uh, a use it or lose it. So if you're not using aspects of your brain, it, it's, it's very efficient, and it will start actually decreasing the amount of brain cells, neurons, um, because it's not needed. So the more you can activate your brain in one of those awesome uh, ways is through exercise and movement. So if, if we're not moving, that's quote unquote an early sign slash symptom that's going to lead towards um, Alzheimer's and dementia.
0: So say we're starting to see these symptoms, can you talk a little bit about uh, the modalities and the methods we use here at IWG to heal the brain and kind of correct this <clears throat> inflammation?
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of a complicated question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it it really depends specific person to person where you'd want to start. Um, but overall you want to go through and figure out what's actually causing that individual, the most amount of stress that the brain is experiencing. Usually, honestly, the gut health is probably where we'd start with most people unless they've taken a lot of action on detoxing and cleaning up their diet and making sure the lymphatic system and the liver, the kidney, all the filters of the body are working properly. Because when those are working really good, the brain's not inflamed. So the first thing is to really decrease the inflammation of the brain, and that's more of a biochemical process. So that's where you want to start because you can't heal the brain until there's not very much inflammation in it so detoxing is huge and then after you detox the inflammation then you want to go in and start supporting it with nutrition. Feeding the brain uh, what it wants so healthy fats you know really good omegas. Um, a lot of times after you detox and you support the different organ systems the hormones that the brain utilizes uh, actually go back and balance. so you don't have to for the most part with most people uh, work on hormones and neurotransmitters in that way. we found is that it's actually more beneficial to allow the body to balance neurotransmitters and hormones out for the most part. Every once in a while, we'll give you know somebody some 5-HTP or something to give them a little boost. But if you support those systems, uh, quote unquote, artificially for too long, then the body actually doesn't produce it itself. Mm-hmm. So when you take that away from somebody and expect them to actually start producing it themselves, they tend to feel like crap for a couple of weeks because their hormone levels and those neurotransmitters really drop out because they're like, oh crap, I was kind of given this little piece of candy mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't have to work so hard. Um, so I tend not to try to support uh, too much in that realm. And then throughout the whole process, like we said before, exercise is huge, uh, huge. I mean, it actually has been honestly proven to be one of the best things um, for not only uh, depression and anxiety, and actually a study just came out about exercise uh, and happiness. Mm -hmm. So it, it was pretty cool that it said, exercise, we know it makes you happier when you're depressed, but does it make you happier when you're already happy? That is interesting. And all the results came back Yes, it doesn't matter what stage of quote-unquote depressed or what stage of happy you are, the more you exercise, the happier happier you are. Um, so that was an amazing uh, study that came out. And another great thing about exercise, depending on how you're doing it, it's increasing blood flow, which is also going to support your lymphatic system. And usually if you can get to, not always constantly, but if you can get to your heart rate to a degree where you're sweating, that's also going to help the detox process out because literally your skin is your largest organ system. If you can get the body sweating properly, that's going to help uh, tremendously uh, getting rid of the toxins.
0: Other than exercise, what other ways can you get the body sweating and detox?
1: My favorite way my outside of exercise um, is infrared. Mm-hmm. Infrared sauna is particular. Uh, infrared works like the sun. so infrared heats up objects, it doesn't heat up the air. So like most is you walk into and you're like, oh my God, this is brutally hot. I can probably stay in there for 10 minutes, maybe. Uh, and then you jump out and you're like, oh, that was, that was a good sweat. <laughs> depleted. Right. But it, unfortunately, it really wasn't a good sweat uh, because it heated you up too fast for to actually heat up those deeper layers to really push any of the toxins that are embedded uh, really in our lymphatic system and in our skin and our fascia and our fat. Um, So infrared you sit in longer half an hour to even 45 minutes. And as the body slowly heats up from the inside out, it allows us to sweat and to push out those, those toxins. Uh, specifically, the toxins like the herbicides and the pesticides and, and those things are huge. And then another great thing that we found uh, more for like heavy metals uh, in that aspect is like an ionic foot bath. Because everything in us has a polarity. We have a polarization. The earth has a an north and south pole. Uh, it's all ran through a magnetism. I'm not going to get into the physics of it. I would like to maybe another podcast, uh, but what the ionic foot bath does, the one that we have is that you can actually muscle test somebody to see what's going to benefit them the most on the quote unquote equal, but opposite polarization, uh, to draw out those, uh, heavy metals or those harder toxins to to pull out. And the cool thing with, uh, ionic foot baths is that a lot of the studies coming out now, um, with the good brands is. Yeah, it does pull some of those materials out, but what it actually does even better is it ramps up the immune system connected to those. So whether it's, you know, lymph that's quote-unquote showing up as the color in the foot bath that's coming out or if it's like green for the gallbladder, it it helps those out, but really what um, the studies are showing is that it's ramping up the immune system to help support those organ systems. So it's actually your body that's even doing more... Of the detoxing through your own uh, filter systems, mm-hmm. so you're going out through the stool or through the urine, uh, which is the healthiest way uh, to be able to detox. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, chelation; it can mm-hmm. tax uh, our body a little more than actually do um, do benefits, in my opinion.
0: So after you've done all of this work detoxing, and say you relieve the inflammation in the brain, and someone's still not feeling their best, what would you recommend then?
1: And this, this is quote-unquote newer um, that we've added to our practice. Um, it's one of my favorite things because it's like the last piece of the puzzle. I mean, a lot of times people will come in and whether it's neurological Lyme uh, or whether it's just, you know, gut dysbiosis that's causing tons of inflammation in the brain or somebody with anxiety or, you know, even the early mid-stages of, of dementia, you can heal the body biochemically balancing out, you know, they're not having too much stress from toxins anymore, heavy metals, uh, you've helped the body get rid of any mold or parasites or bacteria or fungus issues. Uh, all of that's balanced out, but sometimes people still feel like crap. And we are like, well, why? And it's because all of that stress has affected our brain for so long that Like I said, the brain's very efficient. It will change how it functions to adapt to the stresses put on it. But what happens is when we take away all the stresses to the brain, it's still firing the same way. And as we know, you can't heal the body without healing a brain dysfunction because the brain is what controls the body. So kind of the final piece to it is going back and really helping the brain to rewire itself so that it's functioning at an optimal level to be able to communicate properly with the body so that the body can function uh, as optimally as possible. And we do that through, um, initially it's called a QEEG. So an EEG is what we typically know is what reads the electrical activity of the brain. Uh, the Q stands for quantitative, so it pretty much prints it out into a cool weather map of the activity, the highs and lows of the different brain waves uh, so that we can look at. And once we're able to see what parts of the brain are most out of its optimal uh, firing range, then we can go through and do a process called neurofeedback, which is really like a a training exercise for the brain. So just as we wouldn't go out and exercise our body, we also wanna exercise our brain. Uh, So this sets up uh, really an exercise program through different protocols to train the specific area to end up firing in that sweet spot um, of a healthy range uh, of brain waves And then the great thing about it is just as, you know, you exercise your body and get stronger, you can exercise your brain and it gets stronger. The nice thing about your brain is even when you stop the neurofeedback uh, after you've gotten everything balanced, it's not like the body. It's not like you stop exercising and you start atrophying that muscle Mm -hmm. because we're constantly using our brain for everything. Mm -hmm. So as we could retest somebody a year later and usually, honestly, they would continue to be getting improvements because their brains has that compounding effect that, you know, you're using it more and more and more, but those pathways are just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's more of the, the neuroplasticity aspect of, of how the training and the brain works. It's kind of like the same, the better it gets, the better it gets, or unfortunately, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. So yeah. it's just that, that flywheel.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Nick. This has all been very informative. And if anyone has any interest uh, in the brain health program at IWG, you can always go to our website, integratedwellnessgroup.com, and you can learn about all the modalities that we talked about and some more information on how to contact us if you're interested.